You're listening to the Employment Rights Online podcast, where we discuss everything employment rights and the job. Hi there. Thanks for tuning in and I hope you're having a safe employment week. This week, in the midst of all the coronavirus-influenced job losses, people are now going to start signing up with agencies again in big numbers as a way of getting back into some kind of employment. So this week, we're going to look at the employment rights you have if you sign up as an agency worker. So the first thing you need to pay attention to is the status of agency worker. It's one of the fastest growing statuses in the world of work, with many people finding themselves being contracted to work for a company via an agency. Current employment figures suggest that at least one million people and rapidly growing are employed as agency workers, having a contract with an agency to supply their services to a hiring company. And it is the agency who sends the worker on different agency assignments to different companies. And whilst at those companies, the agency worker is under the direct supervision or direction of the hiring company. But at all times, the agency worker actually remains employed by the agency. So this means that your status with the company you are assigned to is that of a temporary worker or a locum worker. And this status means that you could be any one of three different types of worker. You could be an agency worker who's an employee, an agency worker who is a worker, or an agency worker who is an IR35 worker. Now, if you want more information about these three different statuses, then you need to revisit episodes four, five, and six of the podcast, where we go into these statuses in much more detail. Now, agency workers can also be self-employed, meaning that they fall outside of all of these three statuses. And we'll look at the issue of agency workers and self-employed statuses in a later edition of the podcast. But for now, the way to find out your own status is to ask your agency or check your contract of engagement because your status is important. And it's important because there are different employment rights attached to each of the different statuses. So for the purposes of this podcast, we'll be assuming that you are an agency worker who is a worker and therefore would expect to have the employment rights of a worker. When it comes to your employment rights as an agency worker, from the day you start work, you have the same employment rights as a worker, which in short 
is the right to receive at least the national minimum wage rates for your work, protection from having money unlawfully deducted from your wages, statutory levels of holidays, which currently stand at 28 days per year, inclusive of bank holidays for a five-day working week. And obviously then if you work part-time, you should receive the equivalent level of holidays linked to your actual working hours. You're also entitled to statutory minimum lengths for your rest break and you also have a limit of 48 hours that you can work in any one week. You're also protected from unlawful discrimination. You're protected as a whistleblower if you report wrongdoing in your workplace. And you're also protected from being treated less favourably because you work part time. These rights are not in question. And as stated earlier, you have these rights from the first day you begin your agency assignment. Now, what you don't have on the first day of your assignment is the right to equal treatment or the right to be treated the same way as your colleagues. So, for example, your colleagues may get access to workplace benefits like training or better levels of break times. For you, having just started with the company, you would have to work for a period of 12 weeks consecutive employment with the same hirer for you to have access to equal treatment. This means that you have to work for the same company or the same firm or local authority for a period of 12 weeks. But a hirer can also include different companies in the same group, which means that if you started your assignment, let's say, with one part of the company and then you were moved and began to work for a sister part of the company, then your 12 week working period would continue and the change in company or location would still count towards your 12 weeks continuous assignment or your 12 week qualifying period. And you would need it to be that way for you to become eligible for your enhanced meaning extra employment rights. And so your right to have that continuous qualifying period is protected under the agency worker regulations, which came out in October 2011. So the rights you're entitled to once you have that qualifying period is the right to be treated and to have access to the same rights as somebody who is directly employed by the company. And in employment law, this means that after 12 weeks, you have the right to equal treatment, which means you qualify for the right to equal pay at the same rate as your permanent colleagues who are doing the same job. You also have the right to automatic enrolment into the company pension scheme, like your colleagues. You also qualify for the same working patterns, the same rest breaks and the same longer lunch breaks and longer rest breaks as your colleagues. You also have the right to be notified about vacancies in the hirer's company in the same way as your colleagues who are directly employed by the hirer. So whichever way they're notified, you also have the right to be notified in the same way and your agency cannot block your path to becoming a permanent employee 
with the hiring company. Now, importantly, you also qualify for the right to paid annual leave because, of course, you could start your assignment with the right to holidays, but no right to paid holidays. Now, after 12 weeks, arrangements need to be in place for you to receive paid holidays. And those arrangements might start right at the very beginning of your assignment. That's at week one. Therefore, it's important that if you sign up to work for an agency, the issue of paid holidays is one of those areas you should think about clarifying right at the beginning of your assignment. Because payment for your holidays can usually work one of two ways. Either the agency will pay you all of your weekly wages after first taking out tax and national insurance deductions and will only pay you wages when you work, meaning that you won't receive any wages when you don't work, even after you've worked that 12-week period. Or the agency will start to deduct weekly amounts from your wages before you're paid, and those weekly amounts will be banked and later will become your holiday pay when you start to take your 28 days statutory holidays. Now here, some agencies give you the choice about which payment system you prefer, whilst others automatically set up your payments for you to receive paid holiday right from the start of your engagement. And this is why it's better to clarify these issues at the point of starting your agency assignment. Because what won't happen is that you're paid all of your wages from the off and then there is no contribution to your holiday pay and the company is just expected to fund this. It doesn't work that way because it is the agency who is your employer and you are merely engaged to work for the hiring company. So the matter of paid holidays needs to be resolved with your agency. And our suggestion is that you do this right at the very beginning. And then everyone is clear. You're either receiving paid holidays as you go along or you just receive payment for the weeks that you work, whichever you prefer. Now, when the 12-week qualifying period is being considered, it's important to note that a week runs from an actual week of seven days, which is inclusive of weekends. And you also need to note that whether you work part of a week or the whole week during your assignment, the time you work is still counted as a qualifying week. So, for example, even if you work for an hour during a week, or your working hours vary from week to week, working all week or any part of a week still gives you a qualifying week towards your 12-week qualifying period. Now, some employers might choose to move you around during your assignment. And if that's the case, this doesn't automatically mean that your 12-week qualifying period will be disrupted. If you're moved to a similar role or the same role, then your qualifying period continues. For your qualifying period to end, let's say even when you're within the same company, 
you must be moved to a completely different role with a real difference in your duties. Moving you to the same role or a similar role won't do. And that will mean that your qualifying period still continues. Any move has to be a completely different role with completely different duties. And some of the factors you can look at to determine whether you're being moved to a completely different role or not are in the skills and performance required for you to complete your new job. You should also look at whether there are differences in pay scales or whether the role is in a different location or a different department or whether you have a different manager or whether the working hours are different or whether your new role requires you to have extra training or you're required to use different equipment. These characteristics, either wholly or in part, would need to be in play in some form or another before it could be suggested that you are in a new assignment, which would mean that you needed to start a whole new 12-week qualifying period. So it's important to note this. You don't mind being moved, but what you need to secure is whether or not this impacts on your 12-week qualifying period. The final area you need to be aware of is the role that any breaks you take in your assignment may have on your ability to complete your 12-week qualifying period. And here, any breaks you have from your assignment, which last more than six weeks, or any sick leave you have, which lasts more than 28 weeks, will prevent you from being able to claim any of that time as part of your 12-week qualifying period. So, any time up to six weeks can count towards your qualifying period. And any sickness period that lasts 28 weeks or less can also count towards that qualifying period. But any time over these periods, then it can't count. So let's say, for example, you join a company as an agency worker and you work a few weeks and then you're no longer required. And then you return to the company five weeks later. That five week period where you're not in the company would still count as your 12 week qualifying period. And similarly, let's say you were off sick and your reasons for being sick are recognised by the company, then you could be sick for up to 28 weeks and your sickness period would still count towards your 12-week qualifying period. So, for example, if you'd done 10 weeks and then you were off sick, you would still qualify for your 12-week period because two weeks of your 28 weeks of sick leave would count towards that 12-week qualifying period. And when you came back to work, you would then have qualified for the additional enhanced employment rights. So that's how it works. Additionally, any breaks the employer makes you have from your assignment, so things like annual leave, which you have to take, or enforced workplace shutdowns like at Christmas, 
these will also not prevent you from completing your qualifying period because these are enforced. And therefore, if you're off because the company says you're off, then the time you're off will still count towards your 12-week qualifying period. Similarly, if you're pregnant, the 12-week qualifying period covers you here too. So you're entitled to have time off to attend antenatal appointments. Or if it's your partner that's pregnant, for you to have time off to attend those appointments and not lose any time towards your 12-week qualifying period. Remembering, of course, that your entitlement to maternity leave and paternity leave or parental leave will be dependent on what is in your contract of engagement. These rights are not automatic to you as an agency worker. So if you are wondering about these rights, then you'll need to check with your agency, who is, to all intents and purposes, your employer. The key point here, when it comes to the 12-week qualifying period, is to make sure your qualifying period is calculated in the right way so you get access to all your entitlement benefits at the right time because the issue of equal treatment is important and you want to have access to everything that your colleagues have access to so that you can be as secure as possible during your engagement with the hiring company. And that's it. I hope you find something useful here that you can work with. Remember to let others know we are here to share our content and to leave us a review about the podcast if you like what you hear. Keep your questions and comments coming and we'll be back next week where we'll dive into another podcast dealing with everything employment rights and the job. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.